This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk. Greetings for Author Talk and Author House. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book title is Living Life Unwounded, a memoir. And joining me from Michigan is the author, Sydney Oliver James. Sydney, welcome to the program. Thank you. I do love your your pen name, which is uh, very uh, rememberable. It's memorable, and uh, uh, you also live in a part of the country that I'm a little bit little bit familiar with. This is 300 pages, uh, which is a fairly extensive um, memoir, I think. A little unusual. Is this your first book? It is my first book. And your motivation for it? What was the backstory? What is the the meaning of the word living life unwounded. Okay. Well, originally I began writing this book as just a way to heal and process um, all that I had been through with my former husband. Um, But as I began feeling more comfortable talking to others about it, I began to realize just how many others could be helped by my story. And that gave me the motivation I needed to write something I feel like was worth publishing. In the 300 pages, what do you recount? I, I, I understand the basics of um, male-female relationships, uh, husband-wives, all of that type of thing. Was it more than that? Did it go much deeper than just uh, dissatisfaction with the, the person you're with? It did. Um, I think probably the first third of the book actually kind of reads a little bit more like a love story um, and how I fell in love with my husband. And um, that kind of contrast with the second two-thirds of the book where things started to change, Um, that change was not really about me being dissatisfied. It was me coming to the realization that um, Adam had lied to me about something very serious, and that was a mental illness that he was diagnosed with. And so um, the two-thirds of that book are really about us trying to work together to help him through that illness um, and just kind of the ups and downs we experienced as a couple um, and then just kind of the downward slide um, as time went on through our relationship. You, you mentioned mental illness. You also mentioned that he had a military or at least a pseudo-military uh, background. Did that ha- have anything to do with it or was it something he carried with him through childhood, through adulthood? Well, um, the mental illness he was diagnosed with is bipolar disorder, specifically type 1. And um, that's not generally something that's diagnosed until your late teens, maybe even early 20s. However, he did have kind of a brush with, um, I guess you would call a manic episode, before he went into the military. And um, you'll find out in the book that that was something he actually didn't disclose to the military ahead of time. Wow. Um, and I don't imagine he would have been accepted into the military had they been given the full story ahead of time. Uh, when you met him, that obviously was not on the surface. You didn't see that. Uh, the illness that he had, was it uh, self-harming or was it lashing out at others? I think it was probably a little bit of, of both. Um, I think ultimately 
you know, when he was doing what he needed to do and he was in between episodes, he was a great guy. I mean, he was the guy that I fell in love with. And when I met him, that's the state that he was in. He was in between episodes and um, really an amazing person. But um, when he wasn't on his medication and he wasn't taking care of himself, you know, bad things happened. And sometimes those bad things happened to him, but ultimately they really kind of happened to Yes, it ha- yeah, it happens. Yeah, it happens to to whoever you're, whomever you're, you're nearby. Whether 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 you're uh, whether you're lashing out at them or not, I uh, I I have granddaughters who have uh, experienced some serious illness that's mental related, and uh, medication seemed to make it worse. Uh, did did medication? keep this under control or was it something that uh, maybe there might have been a, a search for something else? Well, you know, one of the biggest issues we had was he just never really stayed on medication long enough, I think, to really discover how it would have helped him. Um, you know, there were a few periods that he was actually forced to take medication by the courts. And during those times, although he struggled with some of the side effects and things, he did manage to stay relatively stable. Mm. So I think he would have found, you know, the right concoction and and kind of the right dosages for himself. It, It would have definitely improved the situation. We just never really got to get that far in the process. Did you ever discover whether early events in his life triggered bipolar or was it something that was inherited or, or part of his uh, family history? So um, the research that I have personally done, and this is mentioned in the book, um, is that bipolar disorder does have a genetic component to it. Um, some scientists will say as many as 15 different genes can, um, you know, be part of the bipolar disorder spectrum. Um, so I imagine that this was genetic. Um, However, the episodes, whether they're manic or depressive, can be triggered for various reasons. It can be stress. um, It can be unhealthy habits. um, And sometimes it can be who knows. (laughs) We're not quite sure what the trigger is going to be. Um, But I would say definitely the genetic side of it is a big is a big part of it. Uh, there's a lot of discussion about mental illness in our current society. So many, I think, instances are brought on by stress. Um, is there a component there that may have been a contributor to this that uh, that you saw? Well, you know, his first uh, manic episode happened well before I knew him. Um, And I was not aware of that until after we were married. Um, And that was seemed to be triggered by um, the stress of a previous relationship he was in. Um, And so I could see that his first manic episode he had with me was just a few months into our marriage. And he was actually away at a military training. Um, And so there was quite a bit of stress at this military training as well. Um, So I did definitely see some stress especially when it came to relationships or big responsibilities that triggered it. But as we got farther down in the process, um, the, the episodes just seemed to come more and more frequently, and I couldn't always attribute them to any one particular stressor. 
Right. Uh, 300 pages. It must have taken a while to go back through here. Did you have notes or do you, are you a journaler? How oh, did you discover the, the facts for this, uh, this? Right. This? Well, interestingly, the book, you know, now as it stands is somewhere around 86,000 words. And the very first draft I wrote, um, which would have been over five years ago now, was somewhere around 103,000. Mm. So it was actually quite a bit longer than it is now. Um, I had, once I had decided to really write the book, I had spent a lot of time documenting, looking at old medical records, looking at lots of emails. Um, I had journaled a little bit here and there throughout a relationship, but there was a big part of, of getting all of my facts straight that took me quite a bit of time before I was able to finish that first draft. What motivated you to, to write this? I mean, the, the book must have an appeal factor. Uh, I find it very fascinating what you have written. However, uh, did you have a specific target in mind? You know, I did. Um, I would say the book is most specifically tar- targeted towards those who have loved and cared for someone with a mental illness like I have. Um, but I do think the book will appeal to a lot of different people. I think anybody who's had to overcome any extreme personal difficulty um, will relate to this book. I think anybody who's had to live through challenging relationships. Um, I think anybody who just wants to learn more about mental illness. And um, I think anybody who's just fascinated by true stories uh, will will enjoy this book. Or maybe not enjoy it, but will be intrigued by the book. Yeah. Was it a healing process for you? Is that another reason you may have written it? Oh, it was a big healing process. In fact, when I first started writing it, it, it really wasn't meant to be a published book. Right. You know, it was really meant um, to be a way for me to process all that I had been through. Um, at the time when I was living with Adam, I survived by just living one day at a time. I didn't think about the past and I didn't think about the future. Um, but once things kind of ended, uh, this was a good way for me to kind of look at it as a big whole. Um, and just process how I felt about it and where I wanted to move next. It takes courage to tell your story uh, in a memoir. Uh, I, I have interviewed other authors who have similar, uh, similar genre as far as a memoir where it's a little bit on the negative side. Am I going to come out of the last page of this and feel too sad to continue with uh, maybe reading? <laughs> or, or am I going to come out with, wow, that really is encouraging? You know, this probably isn't the best answer, but I think I think it's going to be both. Um, I think you're going to experience a lot of emotion throughout the entire book. Um, and, you know, I can't say that the way things ended for Adam and I are positive, but I do think that um, you'll see how I have personally chosen, based on the book title, how to live life unwounded. And that's what that, that title means is, um, I think no matter how difficult things have been in the past, you can make the choice um, to live as though you haven't been wounded. Well, that's um, a- and so I hope you'll I hope you'll come out feeling bold. <laughs> I have a feeling I will in talking to you on the phone. You have turned the corner, obviously. I think emotionally. I, that's at least that's the the impression I have. Is there one particular chapter that that, that maybe I don't know highlight might be the wrong word, but that was a turn or a change in your relationship with Adam? Yes. So um, 
my book has a lot of chapters, but they, I keep them nice and short. Um, so I believe there's somewhere around 58 chapters. And around chapter 20 is where there's a real interesting turning point in the book. Um, this scene takes place about maybe three and a half months after I first married Adam. And it was really the first time I began to realize that something was seriously wrong. Um, although I had no idea what yet. <laughs> right. um, so that's kind of the chapter to look for um, when things are going to really change. And in looking back, because it was cathartic in, in many respects, uh, do you look at this book and say, wow, I actually have accomplished something. I have a positive outlook, possibly because of what I've shared, or is it just where you are currently, mentally and emotionally? Well, um, what's kind of interesting is, you know, of course, people that I'm friends with or my own family members, they've obviously been the first to read the book. And um, for me, you know, this is the past. And I think I'll forever be changed by what has happened to me. But I would say for the most part, I have moved on emotionally from this. But for my readers, <laughs> they're experiencing this as if it just happened. Mm. You know, so I'm getting a lot of feedback about just, I don't know, how upset, how shocked, how whatever they're feeling, um, because to them it feels like it just happened yesterday. But I can honestly say that through draft after draft after draft of writing it, um, in a way I'm almost sick of my own story, and that was ultimately <laughs> the goal, you know, to just be done with it. Yeah, get get yeah. it over with. Yes, I, as a creative, I can I can relate to that somewhat. Uh, you have um, have done this, completed it, and the editing process, the writing was there a challenge that uh, you hadn't anticipated in getting it done, and uh, now that it's behind you, maybe you can take on another book, another author, another uh, story. Well, I will say nothing really about writing this book has been easy for me because this is not my my background. Um, like I said, I really seriously started working on it about five years ago and, um, went through countless rounds of editing and revising. Um, and really just the sheer amount of time and effort I, I had to put in to get to this point. Well, also being a full-time public school teacher. Wow. That'll, that'll take um, your time. <laughs> um, do you, yeah. Yeah. Hey, oh, I was just wondering if that had impacted your teaching at all with your children, uh, the children that you are responsible for. I mean, I know you can't directly maybe address your history, but uh, do you think it's it's given you a, a different outlook or maybe a an approach to teaching? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, kind of like you mentioned earlier, um, mental illness and just mental health in general is really becoming a bigger and bigger problem. And I would say the public school system is no different. I mean, I think children are, are right in that same boat with the rest of us. <laughs> hmm. And so um, I, I think that, you know, my educational training, which I'm in my 16th year of teaching at this point, you know, I had always learned a lot and experienced a lot when it came to mental health and kids. But I think now that I've lived um, in a household with somebody who is really seriously uh, mentally ill, it's given me a completely different perspective. I think it's made me more sympathetic, more empathetic, 
um, and a little bit more patient even, you know, in the oh. classroom on a daily basis. <laughs> uh, that's an accomplishment on its own. Uh, Sydney, thank you for sh- sharing your story with us today. Uh, listeners, you need to get a copy of this. Again, it's Sydney Oliver James, author. The title is Living Life Unwounded, a memoir. Sydney, where do we get copies of your book? Well, there's a few places you can go. I would love for you to check out my website, which is just sydneyojames.com. You can also find a copy of my book at Barnes & Noble and on Amazon. Fabulous. And they can do a search online and I'm sure find it in their local bookseller if the, or bookseller if they go to them and request it by name. They can find it there. Uh, thank you for sharing insight into your life and your journey in this memoir life or living life unwounded. Thanks again for being a part of today's program. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate it. My pleasure for Author House and Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker.